You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado, Aaron Love. Are you looking for the perfect rehydration drink to support your active lifestyle? Well, my friends, look no further than Hoist. Hoist is there for you whether you're going to use it pre-workout, in the middle of your workout, in between sets, after workout, maybe if you're traveling, if you feel that dehydration headache sneaking up on you, or maybe if you just had a late night the night before and you need to reset and get back after it. With three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with half the sugar and no high fructose corn syrup, no artificial preservatives, sweeteners, or dyes, Hoist is BPA-free, it's kosher, and most importantly, it's made in the USA, baby. We all use Hoist, and I can't speak highly of it enough. Whether I'm doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I'm out doing tactical operations, or I'm in the gym trying to make sure that I'm harder to kill, Hoist is always there to support me. With five delicious flavors you can pick up at your local grocery store or gas station, I love the dragon fruit, but you can try the orange, watermelon, peach mango, or strawberry lemonade. Hoist knows that you don't do normal things and you might be out in the wilderness on a hunt or you might be on a long ruck. Well, they hear you and they've also got three delicious powder packs that you can mix in water anytime you want it. Peach mango, grape, and that fruit punch is that hitter for those packets. So go check them out. If you need IV level hydration for your normal everyday to day activity or if you're trying to get after it working two workouts a day, Hoist is there to support you. Go check them out. Welcome back to the team room. We want to say thanks to everybody that keeps coming back every Saturday. We're as surprised as you are, to be quite frank. I didn't know that this was going to be a thing two or three years later. And here we are in another Christmas in the team room with our good friend, Kevin Edgerton. You may know him as 18 Alpha Fitness. He's the man, the myth, the legend that is helping you get ready for the pipeline. We're going to hit all stuff, Kevin Edgerton, here in a second. But first, I want to talk about a partner of ours that we all love and we all actually uh, use except for Jerry, because his hair sucks. Anyway, Outer Eggs Pomade, probably the best pomade on the market. They have a whole line of hair care products. You know if you're going to be in AFSPEC war, what gives you feelings of power? Having ridiculously good hair. Apparently, there's an internet rumor that may or may not be a conspiracy theory that I actually have a hair piece on. First of all, fake news. That's misinformation. I'm just glad that Trent shaved that terrible mustache of his. However, I think a lot of people this, are. I think a lot of people are. I think like, for, for the, the world's a better marriage. place now. Yeah. <laughs> a safe, a, the kids are safe now. <laughs> the kids are safe now. I'm just glad that you could take your kids to school again and you don't have to stop 500 feet short and make them walk that, final, good for that, that final spot. Go to Outer Eggs Pomade, check them out. Use our promo code when you check out. Get that hair in order and make sure that you're looking good because that's always rule one. Rule one, look good, right? And you can do that with Outer Eggs Pomade. So, and also thanks to them for, for being partners. They've always been uh, awesome dudes over there. So appreciate it. With that out of the way, we just want to say thanks again for coming back to the Ones Ready podcast. Go ahead and check out our Instagram page and check out the YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing. Drop a comment, like, review, whatever. <sighs> Thank goodness. We never know who's going to host these things. It's literally a crapshoot where we're staring at each other on Zoom. And today was just my thing. So that was, that was off the rip. Kev, thanks for coming to the team room, man. What's up? <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Glad to be here, man. It's a nice shirt you got on. Yours, hey, is, different than, yours is different than mine. I had to. Listen, I, I got some unreleased stuff. I, I do oh. some things. I, I know some people, man. <laughs> hey, just we always start with kind of like people, you know, tell us about yourself. You have a long career in uh, in special forces and in the Army before you, you got into to where you are now. So just hit us a, a little bit of background with yourself and, and who you are. All right. So, uh, of course, I joined the Army immediately out of high school. Uh, at 18, didn't know how, didn't have a progression or didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, so I went to the recruiter and my dad was in the Corps pre-Vietnam. And that's the first person I went to hit up was a Marine recruiter. Came back home. Dad was like, no, nah, fuck that. You're not joining the fucking Corps. <laughs> Literally, those were his exact words. He's like, you are not I love joining it. the Corps. Uh, so he's it. like, go back. You're going to go see all three branches. Uh, and I did. Air Force, my AFAS score was so low at the time that they said, pound sand, you're too fucking dumb. And then in the Navy, I was like, I'm not riding on no ship for six weeks. So I'm not doing that gig. And so the Army. And uh, since my dad was an uh, electrician, a self-employed electrician when I was growing up my whole life, 
Um, I became a combat engineer. It was like the best job. I had three jobs. They gave me three offers. They were the best jobs in the world. So combat engineer, infantry, and then uh, petroleum fuel handler. And those were the three that I got. And uh, so, you know, you look at the dog on combat engineers, like, oh, you build this stuff, you blow it up. No, you just build a bunch of minefields is what it ends up being. Right. And then you learn to hate that. So you want to move and you know, try to. <laughs> Try to try to better yourself, or you know, look for something else, and then that's when you know I went tried out for special forces. Okay, and then did you have any idea what special forces was? So obviously, you go in to the different recruiters. By the way, I don't know how many guests we've had. I had the same personal story. I went in and you know tried a couple other places, and everybody was like, "No, that's stupid. Don't go do that." Uh, it's just a funny thing that it seems like we've all done. So you decided to go for special forces. Was it the 18 x-ray program or did you spend a little bit of time in the army first? Oh yeah. So, well, join the army. I, I was pre uh, Gulf war, the first one. And I was in during the Gulf war. I was immediately after basic and AIT, I went to Germany and uh, before the Gulf war even started, I'd already, you know, my, my goal was three years, get out, go to college. Right. And, uh, and I had, you know, I was just doing it for the GI Bill because, again, my dad, we weren't uh, the most financially uh, stable place. I grew up in the south side of Chicago, which is a lovely place in Hammond, Indiana, between Gary and Chicago. So I went in for the for the GI Bill, point blank. Right. And so when Gulf War started, they're like, uh, you're stop loss. You can't you can't leave. Right. And I was like, what do you mean? I've already like literally I had my schedule for January uh 20th of 91 right and i was like but they're like yeah but no buts right so they said well if you can show us proof and this is pre-internet pre you know <laughs> fax machines pre oh, man. all kinds of stuff that you guys have no idea that you guys have the luxury of right <clears throat> so i had literally my mom had to mail my my schedule show that i had already been accepted to school i had a 4187 sign uh, and thankfully, the brigade commander signed off on it. Says, "Hey, you're free to go. You can go ahead and get out." Well, when you out process the army, I was in Germany, and that's when there used to be 250,000 people over there. This is Cold War, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it just basically ended before Gulf War. And so I fly back to Fort Dix, New Jersey, and I'm I'm a good soldier at the time because I'm E4. I'm walking in, and I got my Manila envelope, the big thing, and I hand it to the lady. She opens it up. And she's like, what are you doing here? I was like, well, I'm ETS and I get, I get, go, get out. I'm, I'm going to college in a couple of weeks. She's like, everybody, it's a stop loss. You can't get out. I, I was like, yeah, but I got, <laughs> I, I got a 4187 in that packet. And yeah. She's, she's like, like, give me, she's like, give me that packet real quick. I got to put it somewhere. Yeah. Give me that right. No, 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 no. She's part folder. Right. And uh, she's like, well, where's it at? And I was like, it's in there. And, but I didn't, you know what I mean? Me being a good E4, I never opened up that packet to see if it was in there. I didn't know I needed that. <laughs> Well, lo and behold, that doggone 4187 wasn't in there. And uh, they're like, you got 72 hours to produce that. Again, pre-fax, pre-internet, <laughs> pre-all this stuff. Uh, I got the 4187. Ten days later, they'd already reassigned me to stay at Fort Dix. So lo and behold, after after Gulf War, uh, I got out, um, had a break in service, went to Indiana University in, uh, in the Northwest, and then I went down to Bloomington messed that all up um just doing dumb shit that most of us do and when i was coming back in i had uh you know some goals my first goal was to go sf and then i don't know why i, I really to this day i don't know why my goals were to become an officer i you know what i mean even after i became an officer i was like why did i do that again uh, but it was way back then that i you know instilled it in myself that i wanted to go sf and become an o and okay. so <clears throat> Uh, 94, I came back in finally after the, you know, the drawdown of the forces and everything. It took me a while. It took me like three and a half years to get back in. But the whole time I was in the Guard, Indiana National Guard. Uh, then I came back in and uh, went and tried out. Didn't When I went and tried out the first time at selection, didn't make it. Uh, broke both my feet. All five metatarsals on both sides were grade three stress fractures. Medic was like, the doc was like, hey, you can, you can continue. You know what I mean? Which people do, uh, which you'll be hard broke for a year, if not longer, or you can, I can recycle you. You come back in a year as a med drop. I was like, I'll take the med drop. And so I came back in a year, got selected and yeah. 
So uh, what I'm hearing is a bunch of attention-seeking behavior got in your way the first time, and then yes. you basically used, you you took a year malingering, and then after yes. that year of malingering, you came back. What now? Back in those times, and I want to I want to explore this a little bit. You brought up a, a really cool point: is that you're you're really old, right? So yes. you didn't have you didn't have you didn't have yes. access to to knowing like what SFAS was. You had really no clue what the selection was. I'm sure you got some G two like. How did you prepare for that first time going through selection at SFAS? Uh, so we were handed a, a pamphlet. They had a, a you know a DA pamphlet, and they're like, "Here, follow this plan." And you're like, "Okay, I follow." I mean, literally, I followed that plan to the T. Uh, but my first train up was totally wrong because my rucksack that I used was a. In, you know what I mean? It was like a Eberly stock baller. You know, I had a three, it was like at the time, it was like a $300 backpack with the frame built inside of the ruck. And so well, hey, real, real quick, I got to do some math. So, uh, a $300 in those, like today's dollars. <laughs> That's I'm like 3000 3000 Yeah. No, I'm just saying to today, you know what I mean? To today's money compared to what it was back money. then. It was a lot of money. That's just, another, that's, that's just another old joke. That's all that was. Like it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. me saying you're old. Yes, I am old. Uh, but yeah, so I joined in 87. That's how old, 18 at that time. So you add those numbers up. <laughs> over, over a half a century, guys. Over a half a century. Uh, so when I went and got beat up the first time at selection with that baller, you know what I mean? That I followed that plan to the T. Uh, when I came back, I went to the army surplus store and I was like, Hey, I got, I got this baller backpack, but I need, and I called that the Cadillac. And I was like, I need this Pinto because this Pinto whoop my ass. Pinto right? was a car by the way. Right. Way back. Yes. It was a yes, POS. Green bag. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I took that and exchanged it. And I was like, hey, can I get two two quarts with this? And the guy was like, you know what I mean? Because he got he made out on the deal. And so I trained up the second time with the Pinto instead of the Cadillac. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it, it hurt. So is that what uh, SFAS is uh, a lot more ruck intensive? Or would you say that's <laughs> like the, the big? Because, you know, when we talk about the Air Force pipeline, we lose most of the folks in the water. Oh, yes. yes, Right. Yes, so, uh, yeah, but like most I mean, of the folks at SFAS <clears throat> probably, well, like, where do they go? Yeah. So in 21 days, they said we did 375 miles of rocking. That's a little bit so of rocking. Just do, yeah, just a little rocking, you know, with the backpack on. You got your back on the whole time. It, it, it's on you everywhere you go. The only time it's not on you when you go to the bathroom. And the most magical oh. thing about walking that much is having that rucksack flop. It's the yes. best oh, thing absolutely. In the world. Best thing in the world. Oh, There's yes. nothing better than that big green tick. Absolutely. Oh. It's it, it's it's you know uh, my favorite thing that a Norwegian ever said to me and was like, oh yes, I, I have my Mark One NATO uh, warming device, and I'm like, you're what? And he was like, yes, if you just put on this very heavy ruck and start walking, you will be hot no matter how cold it is. <laughs> <laughs> big big facts. Big facts. Yes. yes. So I, how much? Go ahead. Sorry. How much rucking did you do before you went back the next time? So you went the first time, you broke everything below your ankles. Um, and then you, you understood that it was uphill both ways in the snow, the SFAS, like what, what did you change and, and how hard did you go in your training? Did you just go, you know, hundred percent all out or how did you make it through the second time? Really? What was the, the secret sauce to your success? So the, the secret sauce is don't train on a terrain that you're not even going to go on. Camp McCall is nothing but sand. And, you know, you're like looking on a map, you're like, holy, where, why is this place nothing but sand? Right. Right. And, uh, so, and I'm at, I'm at, I was at Hood at this time training up for it. So everywhere I rucked when I came back the second time, I walked on grass. Uh, I didn't walk on the concrete because train up the first train up, I walked on, on the concrete. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't know no better. I was heavy mech at the time. I didn't know that, you know, you walk in the woods and shit like that. You just, you know, just, Hey, it says walk eight miles. I walked eight miles on the concrete. Well, when the <laughs> next time I walked eight miles on, on trails as best as I could. Yeah. So, um, the only other difference, I mean, physically wise, the second time I absolutely murdered it. You know what I mean? I crushed it. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it was hard, but I knew, you know what I mean? I had prepared myself mentally because I'd already seen some of it because uh, I made it to like day 10 the first time. Right. I think we see, we see a lot of success of people that, that dip their toe in there and don't make it and come back the second time. And for some reason, you know, they know what's coming to a certain extent and they, uh, 
they're well prepared for it. So after you made it through SFAS, can you kind of walk us through the rest of the uh, the 18 series pipeline? What does what does that look like, or what did it look like for you? All right. So once you get uh, selected, you get to go back to your lovely unit at Fort Hood, like I did, and then you get orders for Airborne School, uh, and you go you go to Airborne School en route to Fort Bragg. Uh, and at the first time I was supposed to go to the Q course. So there's a lot of perseverance of this. If you guys don't understand, uh, it took me a while to get there. All right. Uh, that was in 96 that I went to airborne school the first time. <clears throat> uh, and I was in route to go to 18, become an 18 Delta. And as you guys know, I didn't become an 18 Delta. I became an echo. So the first time I was at airborne school on my fourth jump, the night jump, I snapped my ankle, uh, on a jump on a night jump. Uh, Did you ever so, think that maybe this wasn't for you? Because, <laughs> you know, there's, there's those times, there's those times, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, that's, you know what I mean? But it's all about perseverance of who, you, who I am as a person. You know what I mean? I, I started wrestling when I was eight, and football when I was eight, baseball at five. I had cousins, you know what I mean, that pushed me. Uh, so, you know, there's always setbacks, but I, I think it, it, it defines you more and better of who you are if you can overcome something than just going flying straight through. I think you learn more about yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So after I broke my ankle, uh, oh, and there's a story with that at airborne school. So I come hobbling up because they had just finished their fifth jump. I hobbled up on my crutches and black hats like, Hey, Edgerton. And I come up, I hobble up and I got my folder. It's got my graduation certificate, my fifth jump on there. I'm like, wow. Um, and at my time, the integrity is like one of those big things with me. And I was like, hey, man, uh, you know, after everybody had left, I was like, I didn't I didn't make that fifth jump. I was in the hospital. I just broke my ankle. They're like, oh, you know, they didn't even know. You know what I mean? There's so many people <laughs> there school. There's so many motherfuckers there. They didn't. You know what I mean? I, I could have literally hobbled back, went in my car, drove up to Bragg and everything would have been fine. And you could have just gone about your life. You could have just gone about life. my life. Right. I, it wasn't. <laughs> But, we used to call but, that uh, we used to call that proficiency advancing. Like sometimes in the pipe, like in your OJTs, they were yeah. just like, "All right, listen, you you already showed me all the skills that you need. We're going to do a thing called proficiency advancing, and you get out of that event." That's what you should have said. You'd be like, "Oh man, I, I fell out of an aircraft so well four times that they just proficiency advanced that last." Right. So, the, but the person I am, and the, you know, one of those life lessons that you learn about yourself, and uh, so I. Uh, I went to the black hat and he's like, Hey, you got to go see the operations sergeant, went to the operations sergeant. And he's like, uh, Oh, where are you going next? I was like, I'm going to the Q course. So I'm going to become an 18 Delta. And he's like, uh, so he gave me the, the certificate, the airborne certificate. He rips it in half. He takes the, <clears throat> my jump log, takes a black marker, blacks it out the fifth jump. And I was like, so what do I do now? And he's like, ah, oh, just go to brag. You're fine. Within, if you get that sixth jump within, you know, that fifth jump within six months, you're good, right? So I drive my happy ass up to uh, Bragg and in the cast, and I get there. And three days later, I get a knock on the door. And uh, this is when the 18 Delta compound was just like built. So it's baller. I mean, it's magnificent, though. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, a couple months into to that new barracks, and I get a knock on the door, and there's a you know, green brace that, you know, and he's like, Hey, you got to go see this lady on the third floor. And so I walk, you know, I go see the lady walk in and the lady's like, Hey, I got some bad news and I got worse news. I'm like, what the nice. fuck is that? Yeah. I got bad news and I got worse news. She's like, the bad news is you can't start the Q course. I'm like, ah, no doubt. My, my, you know, my foot's in the, you know, my, I got a cast on. And she's like, don't, don't, the worst news is you got to go back to your original unit at Fort Hood. And that's when I started crying, <laughs> <laughs> crying big time. You know what I mean? So I'm like, no. And I was like, but I thought I can get my six jumps. She's like, the way the army regulations are written, you can't go TDY and route from one school to another. And if you break, if you get hurt at the first one before it's starting the second one, you have to go back to your original duty station. So I went back to my original duty station and, um, you know, three and a half years later, after two surgeries on my ankle, I went back to the Q course Jeez. and became an 18 Echo instead of an 18 Delta. Now, did you pick? Uh, so, man, I know a lot of 18 Echoes and yeah. there's not many of them that pick the Echo route. Like they, yeah. they get upset about it. because I mean, because comms are a finicky thing. They, they can be. Oh, yeah. It's, yes. Yes. It's harder I mean, I, than a motherfucker. 
I mean, I think being a Delta is, is more difficult just because of medical stuff. But I guess if you have a one of those mindsets that can go into to medical and really enjoys it and that kind of stuff, like, okay, it's probably not as difficult. But comms is a, an interesting thing because you can be ex- you can be very, very competent at it. And for whatever reason, there's so many variables in it that it, if it's not working, I mean, it could just be so many different things. So many. And, and you're just, you're just problem solving. You're just troubleshooting constantly. Yeah, the whole time. Man. And that's, you, you learned that. I, uh, my first J set that I went to, I went to Nepal and, uh, you know, our, our sat went down, you know what I mean? Our satellite went down. I'm like, well, fuck, I got to reach back to Camp Mandu. It's 380 miles away. So I did my angles and I threw up a jungle antenna, cut the freak to the T. And I mean, this tree branch that I got a hold of, it took me like 30 minutes with this rock to try to, you know, to raise up the jungle antenna. But when I did, I finally got it up and I verbal talked and the guy on the other end was blown away that I could, you know what I mean? And that was like one of those, moments you know what i mean is an echo that i made that shot uh, <clears throat> and, uh yeah but it's all about troubleshooting because you never know you know what i mean that's why you got your pace plan with 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 as being an echo you better be on you better know how to all four of those systems you better be proficient yep. at troubleshooting all four of those to get that communicate because if you can't communicate it you're, you're you know what i mean it's man i don't that have to wait that eight hours for that next shot is yeah, it's crazy. Uh, like, yes. and I mean, that's that's kind of a at least a, a CCT's bread and butter. You know, you got to be able oh. to make comms. And I, I don't think we don't hit as much of the HF as we used to, but we're at least in the pipeline. But we really are starting to dive into a lot of, of the the HF now or the high frequency stuff for those folks out there. Um, one thing that we and I, I want to take it a little bit back to yep. basics, just because. Our audience, they, they probably are well-versed, but I don't want to assume either. Can you go through real quick what the difference is and just a, a brief overview of what an 18 Alpha, 18 Bravo, a Charlie, Delta, and an Echo do? Right, we, I think so, we'll uh, stay away from Fox, maybe. I mean, we can, but. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> on a team, there's two 18 Bravos, which is the the – He's the our weapons guy, right? And he's responsible for every weapon system that's on the team. And then you got your 18 Charlie, that's the engineer. And in my opinion, the, the engineer has the <clears throat> hardest job uh, just because he is responsible for <laughs> the inventory of that whole team. Oh. And uh, yes, yes, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and he has to know where every piece of equipment is at all times, right? Uh, and then after the, the Charlie, you got the Delta. Delta is the medic. There's two of them sometimes, uh, usually just one. And he, he will, he, he's like a doc in any third world country. He'll do anything. Uh, I pulled, you know, once that same Jay said we were in Nepal, I pulled more teeth out of people's mouth than you can even, and it was disgusting teeth. You just, you know what I mean? And but the doc is like, just, just yank, just get a hold of that and pull it out. Okay. So look, Delta, and then you got an echo, which is the comms guy. Okay. And there's supposed to be two of those. And then the Fox is your Intel guy. And that's to become a Fox. You'd have to be on a team already. You have to be a Bravo Charlie or an Echo. And then you go to an, uh, an intelligence course for a little bit longer. After the Fox, you got your Zulu and your Zulu is a team daddy, right? And that's, that he's at usually E7, E8. Usually it's supposed to be an E8, but they'll, they'll promote a real strong E7 to be that. And then you got your 180 Alpha, which is your warrant, who's an executive officer. And if you got a good one, I had a, the, probably the best one, uh, in my opinion, his name was, I'm not going to say his name, but anyway, he was a <laughs> great guy because he was a, he was, he was a team sergeant that got, he was on this our majors list and he's like, I want to become a, you know what I mean? I want to stay on a team yeah. longer because he knows once you come to a, a, a dog on Sergeant major, he's no longer going to be on a team. So he'd already put his packet in knowing that he was going to get picked up and stayed on the teams probably an additional 10 years. And then you got your 18 alpha who's the detachment commander and he's in charge of the team. So all those numbers that adds up to 12 men. Yep. On the ODA. Yeah. I, it, it's funny you bring up the, the Charlie thing because I always saw the Charlie as the, you know, you're at your, you're at your forward operating base and 
the Charlie always seems to be almost like the, the camp mayor, if you will, oh, yeah. because any, anything that doesn't fall into the lane of weapons, medical comms, everything else is kind of on the Charlie. So when you say like, Hey, he's got the most difficult job. Yeah. Accountability for a bunch of knuckle dragon soft dudes um, that, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, we lose stuff, we break things all the time, but just to be just kind of like, oh, well, that doesn't fall in the lane of the Bravo or the Delta or the Echo. So I guess I got it, you know, contracts, um, ops fund, that kind of stuff. Yeah, Yeah. food. Explosives. (laughs) Everything falls onto the Charlie, man. I feel terrible for. (laughs) So, and you still don't understand why or, or know what the, the, the root of you going officer is? So, I mean, you know what I mean? In life, you just, you, there's a point that when I went back in, uh, and I'll, I'll explain that it ties in with my fitness on how I am, when I am now. So I told you I had that break in service, right? Well, three days into my break in service, my dad had just quit smoking uh, three months prior in like December. So I got out in April, I think it was April 21st, uh, 91. And, you know, he wanted to start working out. And so we went to my cousin's gym. He was a gym manager at Omni 41 fitness and we went and worked out. And at the time, I mean, I was just learned how to really lift, uh, three, you know what I mean? When I, when I went to Germany, I was lifting heavy, heavy, you know what I mean? I was bigger than Aaron. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that big. <laughs> I know, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, I look better. How about that? But anyway, uh, <laughs> we went lift and we were lifting and then we went and played racquetball. My cousin came and we were playing racquetball because my dad liked racquetball. And we're walking up the stairs to, to get changed out in the locker room. My dad grabs my arm and he's like, go get your cousin. And I was like, Sh-, you know, dad doesn't do that. So I took off, went, got my cousin and, you know, my cousin Dennis and my cousin Dennis is, you know, we, we start running back and he runs by the front desk and he's like, call 911. My, my uncle's having a heart attack. And, you know, and we went upstairs and uh, yeah, my dad, the ambulance got there and he had a triple bypass. He had started smoking when he was like 12 and he was 48 at the time. Uh, three months prior to that, he had stopped. Uh, and then, you know, diets at the time, you know, we weren't, we we're not, again, different times. Right. Uh, and he was in this, at, the, at that time he was working for Ford. So luckily it happened while he was with somebody because he could have been in the Ford plant that, you know, hundreds, you know, big ass plants and he could have just doop, and nobody would ever saw him. But since we were there, uh, so that, that was a journey that started the, the fitness. And then, you know, I mean, it, it gave me like a direction of why I wanted to do some things. But that that moment right there really defined of who I am, especially with the fitness thing. I went, you know, cuckoo for my Cocoa Puffs after that with fitness. It's it, it's funny that that well, it's not funny what happened, but it's it's interesting because it, it's a common theme that I've noticed that there's a lot of times there's either you're brought up. And you never change that that fitness kind of lifestyle, or there's a, a very um, transformative event that happens in somebody's life, whether it's that it happens to them or it happens to somebody that they they love and care about, and then it it changes them. Um, and that, that was obviously that for you, and it sets you on a really healthy trajectory. To which, I mean, now look at you, you're doing 18 Alpha Fitness. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? How you got you know, into that journey and what motivates you to do that? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? After that incident, you know, uh, like in, I was at hood and of course we will go back to, you know, uh, selection, right. The second time I went to selection, uh, I'm trying to figure a bunch of things out and I'd go to, like I said, I, I became a gym rat to the fullest, but the gym rat, it doesn't equate to really good on long distance movement. Right. <laughs> so you gotta, I, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, lifting heavy weight and carry a big pack doesn't equate to the same thing. Right. You got to learn that uh, lifting heavy weight is for one thing and moving long distance is for another. Uh, right. And so uh, I got pretty good at figuring things out. People started coming up to me and then, um, you know, I, I went and got my personal trainer and certificate in like 98, uh, you know, just to help, just to start helping other people too, because you know they start. You know, they, when you when gym reps, 
you know, when you go into the gym, a bunch of people start seeing you all the time. They start asking you questions and stuff and they want, Hey, what do you do about this? What about that? And then, you know, you're like, well, shit, I'm, I'm giving all this free advice. Let me try to make something out of it. And so I did. <clears throat> and, um, that started the journey. And then, um, and during OIF three was one of those other aha moments, right? Uh, I was in Baghdad and prior to that, you know what I mean? We're doing chest and tries still, you know what I mean? I can move long distance, <laughs> but I already got selected, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm at the time in a third battalion, 10 special forces group. And I'm with a, a friend of mine, his name is Kevin as well. His name was Kevin Graham. <clears throat> and he's like, hey, we're gonna try this new uh, fitness regimen. And I'm like, Sure, what I'm game for anything, you know what I mean? I'm a you know, at the time I'm training jujitsu, and uh, I was like, oh, I'll do whatever. And he's like, BJ Penn does it. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, you, you know what I mean? He's like, BJ, my good friend, BJ Penn, you know, recommended it to me. And I'm like, you don't know fucking BJ Penn. He's like, no, I, I, I really do. And I was like, okay, so we pull it up, and you know what I mean? It's, it's just it's all online, you just follow it online. And I'm like, what is this? And you know what I mean? And it, you know, it's that now some people despise it, but I, it's one of those, one of those other things that was one of those aha moments was it's CrossFit, www.crossfit.com. First workout, I think it's called Nancy, five pull-ups, <laughs> 10 push-ups, 15 squats, as many rounds as you can in 20 minutes, right? And me and, you know, so we got, we got another guy in it's all three of us. Right. And we got enough pull-up bars and we're like, Oh, yeah, okay. Let's see how fast, we, you know what I mean? What, what we can do here, man. After 20 minutes, we're all three laying on the ground. Like what just got hit with a bunch of bricks. Like I thought I got, you know, 10 rounds, just knocked oh. the fuck out. Right. And I was like, Holy shit. In 20 minutes, I can get all this work in. Right. So you, you know, I was like, this is amazing. So I took that, uh, I did CrossFit that, that whole rest of that deployment probably twice a day. I came back and at the time I'm in Colorado and I was never really a real good runner. Well, we had, of course, right when you come back from deployment, what do you got to do, Trent? Take an APFT, right? Or go running with coach. Yep. <laughs> we'll talk about that. And so we're not going to talk about that. We're not gonna <laughs> talk about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I had to take an AT, you know what I mean? Take a PT test when we got back in Carson at, at altitude, right? So, you know, Iraq is sea level, went back and I ran my fastest time ever. I ran a 12, 10 at, you know what I mean? When I got back and I was like, whoa. And so, you know, again, you do that. I start deep diving and, uh, I was interacting with, uh, Lauren Glassman at the time. It was, uh, coach Glassman's, uh, ex-wife. And uh, I was like, hey, I want to learn more. And she's like, well, just come on out. And it was a couple of months later to become a, 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 you know, a guest at one of the seminars. And I went and did a seminar in 2005. And that took me really on the trajectory of fitness as well. Did that, uh, not, did that play that into you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I want to talk about it too, because you went on this fitness journey. I'm assuming, were you still uh, E-Man at that time? No, that, that, that when I did that, uh, I had already switched over, became an O. I was a, I was a lieutenant at the time. I just I just wanted to not gloss over the fact that you had to go through uh, the the pipeline twice, pipeline twice yeah, and yeah. and kind of what that was like going through the second time. <clears throat> well, no, nothing was easy for you for some no, reason. No, yeah, some reason not. Uh, so the first time, uh, oh, let's go back to. <laughs> Peaches's comment about being an echo. So when I went through, we had to learn Morse code. Uh, that's even yeah. that is that is brutal. It's a whole nother, you know what I mean? It's like learning a new language. And you had to test out at a 13, 13 on the, you know, listening and writing it and then tapping it, uh, which I finally did. Uh, so being an E-man, uh, the whole communications course was, it was, it's not easy whatsoever um, because that trouble system. And then you go get tested. Like they sent us, you know, we had to make shots from Oklahoma to North Carolina uh, on all pieces of equipment. And at the time we had Morris code too. So you had to be, you were out in the field set up and had to send and receive that, which was difficult. Uh, you know, and you know what I mean? The, the pipeline was, you know, it took me two years to get through that. And so within the pipeline, I started, you get selected, right? After selection, uh, you go to airborne school. After airborne school, you go to small unit tactics. Small unit tactics is back at Camp McCall. It's 30 days. After small unit tactics, you go to your specific MOS portion, which was ECHO at the time. And that was six months for us at the time as well. Then after the very specific, you go to Robin Sage, 
right? Which is 31 days when you combine all, all, all of those MOSs and then you learn this magical terminology thing or you know how to break down an op order from the alphas called MDMP, which at the time <laughs> was like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? When you're enlisted, it's the first time introduced to you know MDMP, but it's a you know it's a process says that you d- really define you know you can get that the, get way down and nitpicking of the weeds of a, of a of a mission, and it's a great great system, and it's a system that's in part for all DOD to get things down right. And you go do Robin Sage was great. And then after Robin Sage, you go to language school. And my language at the time was Thai. So I pooed past Thai, Nitnoi. Um, and then that's six months. And then after that, you do, we did Sears school. And then I went to, when I was enlisted, I went to 3rd Battalion, 1st Special Forces Group. Uh, so, yeah. And then, then I went to OCS and then became an officer. Oh, the OCS. And after that, you go to officer basic school. And then you have to, once you become an officer, you don't go straight into back to SF, you know, you don't magically as a lieutenant become a controller <laughs> or a, P, P, a PJ. You got to wait three years before you submit your packet to go back to become an 18 alpha become, before you become an officer because they want you to have some time so you understand what the hell you're about, what you're getting yourself into. Well, Please. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it, Trent. That's just It's a, a lot of courses. I mean, it's just crazy that you went through uh, selection twice to begin with. You broke all the, the bones in your feet, and then you snapped your ankle at Airborne, so you had to do that multiple times. It took you years to become an E-man, uh, Special Forces guy. Then you have to go through these other courses where you know, you're kind of treated like an idiot again to become an officer. Then you have to be a regular officer, which no offense to the regular army, but... It's probably not what well, I wasn't in the regular it. army, so let's clear that up. I got extremely lucky. So okay, okay. I I I I, I had orders for Fort Carson, right, to go to Third ID, and you get ten days, right, when you when you you got to go look for a house. My first stop when I arrived at Carson, I went straight to Tenth Special Forces Group, and I was like, "Hey guys, like, I got that door. long. I got that long tab. You guys got you got a job. <laughs> you know what I mean?" And uh, at the time. The whole group was in in Iraq, okay. and uh, and the major is like, you know what I mean. And he's like, I, I got to reach back. They're they're in Iraq. They're in the war. You know what I mean. And, and lo and behold, long story. That's another story in itself. Uh, but the last day that I'm supposed to, you know, sign in the next day, I called him, and he's like, bro, I haven't heard anything. And I'm like, fuck. So anyway, the next morning. <laughs> I go to sign my paperwork into that to the person at Fort Carson. My wife calls me and I step out and she's like, Hey, that major from 10th group just called that, you know, and then I called him. He's like, we got a by name request. And I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> and so I got to go to, you know, third battalion, 10 special forces group. And so two weeks, two weeks after that, uh, we did a train up and then I was in Iraq to meet up with the rest of the group. I think the moral of that story is no one takes care of you better than you take care of you. You yeah. don't don't always have to accept the circumstances that are thrown your way. Right. Yeah, even though you have orders for something, you just go and try. You got to try. If you don't try, you never know. I mean, it did used to be that if you had orders, like say you're going to brag, right, and or Pope, and you had orders the combat control school, but you wanted to go to the 21st STS. You could just before go checking in to combat control school. You could go over to the 21st and go. Hey, I'm checking in. And because, you know, you you're right. Time. Not re- not really emails or not, not you right. know, it's common. Oh, I tried to email things. Yeah. And then you just kind of like, you get, as soon as you get checked in and in processed, even though it's not your unit, they're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Sorry. And then combat control school is like, Hey, what the hell? Where did our Where's my go? body? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we, we had a guy that got orders to Pope and came over. We used to be over on Bragg and he just came over and started sitting in our, our office until it became official. That was, yeah, one of those things. It's just like, I'm not going over there. I work here now. We're like, oh, he works here now. For all those folks that are hoping that that's still the case, that is not. Like, no. that, that those days have gone a long Look, time you get, ago. If you get orders into AATC, you will take that seat. Otherwise, anyway. Um, <laughs> so did you start working there before you went back through selection? How did that work? You'd already been oh, through the- selection again? No. So when, when you're when you're already long tab, you do not have to go back through selection. OK, uh, but let me let me that depends on what general is sitting at Bragg at the time. 
right? And there's some courses that they're like, up, oh, you're good, you're good, right? Like, and, you know, I already have my own. You don't have to. When I went back through, I didn't have to do selection again, and I didn't have to do small unit tactics again. Okay. But but when I went through the first time, O's that were, you know, trip, you know, had the power of tower, they had to come, you know what I mean? They're already tapped out, came back as an, an O, they had to do small unit tactics. And they were like, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're dying because they'd already been arranged at school. You know what I mean? They know small unit tactics inside and out, but it all depends on what all, what general is sitting at Bragg, because, you know, it's all about bullets and how you change things up. Yep. Another thing is, is a, the, some of the information that we give out is accurate today. Right. And uh, may not be accurate tomorrow. Oh, my, <laughs> accurate, my accuracy on SFAS and all that stuff is way outdated. I, um, I, I'm <laughs> trying to point out that these things are, are fluid sometimes. And uh, so yes. don't always get mad at us if it doesn't work out the exact way that you think it should. Yes. Um, and I want to spend I, I really enjoy talking about your time in the Army, but we're, we don't have forever. Right. And you eventually got out, became a civilian, ended up working for the Air Force. Kind of what what happened there? Yeah. So uh, on my you know, when I'm getting out, uh, me when I became an ODA detachment commander in like 2010, we finally got a strength coach, right? And the Thor three program and I was in Okinawa and I, you know, my, my coach comes in and he's a good friend of mine. Now he's probably my mentor. And I'm like, what the fuck are you going to show us? You know what I mean? It's like, I, I did all this stuff, you know, what are you really going to show us? But, you know, it turned out that he was there to help, you know, make sure movement patterns are correct. Uh, make sure that you're not overtraining. Uh, make sure everything right and then the physical therapist was great um and and at the time you know what i mean i i was i had i had a couple of things like i was a pre-med student as well i just want to throw that out there uh so i got uh i had applied for pa school pt schools uh which i was accepted to all but multiple and then my strength you know he knew about it and he's like hey you want to go do that that's you know he's like why don't you just go get your master's degree and uh, become a strength coach because it's common, you know what I mean? And I was like, huh, yeah, I think I prefer that over, you know, medicine. Cause I, you know, I just getting tired of Motrin, Motrin, Motrin. Is a, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, he's like, just get your master's degree. And, uh, and so I worked on that my last 18 months, I blasted through my master's degree and I got real fortunate on USA jobs. There was a position at Lackland air force base. I applied and I got an interview and uh, at the time when I did the interview, there was a gentleman on the board that was owns a CrossFit gym here locally in San Antonio. And we talked CrossFit nonstop, you know what I mean? And I told him my story and uh, and I got the job. Was it Jason? Yes, it was Jason. Jason I was going to say, it had to have been Jason. Yeah. Shout out to Jason. CrossFit Lackland. Yeah, yeah, yes, CrossFit <laughs> Lackland. Uh, love Jason. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, that brought me to Lackland. And uh, for seven years, I trained all, you know, everybody that came through the pipeline that uh, was at the, what's called battle or the swamp, or I think it's SF, SW development now, whatever it's called today, but whatever. When it was battle, it used to be really fun because it was me. I was the head chief in charge of running guys eight hours a day. And then when it became the swamp, uh, things changed. And when things changed, you know, you, you adapt or you move on. And uh, about Three years ago, I started 18 Alpha Fitness. Um, and, and by the way, I'm a go rock cadre as well. And so, uh, you know, you start, you know, people start asking you stuff again. You know what I mean? It just went back to my personal training days. And I'm like, well, if you're going to ask, I'm going to, you know what I mean? It's, it's my time and my time is money. And so I uh, started giving programs out. People started paying me. And back then I was doing Excel spreadsheets. To people they you know they pay for something and i send it to them and every week i was doing these excel spreadsheets and i'm like man that's a lot of damn work you know what i mean because every week I'm, I'm creating something new and then you know you do a bunch of research and uh you know so i got onto a a, a platform it's called trainerize and i use trainerize and i got uh you know now i got my own app through trainerize but all the videos that are in there they're me i did all the movements explain the movements or just a demonstration of the movements and uh yeah and then august of this year uh i told air force you can have all that i'm gonna do solo and start doing 18 alpha fitness full time um and it's been great uh and i love what i do uh I, my program is unique in in its sense because i've been there more than 
I, you know what I mean? I have nothing against other strength coaches that's out there in the community, but I don't think anybody has the experience. Uh, it lasts, oh, that's 34 years of DOD, if anybody wanted to know that as well, that I've been a part of. So, uh, yeah. It's um, I, like you have a unique ex- aspect, and I, I want to touch on a little bit because I've, I've noticed just as of recent with you consider everything that's on um, social media, everything that's um, like we have a large veteran community now. I couldn't even possibly tell you what the you know millions there are out there of retired veterans and active duty now. Um, and something that I've noticed, and that uh, you know, talking with some other folks that have been out, is that, and I've said it on the podcast as well, um, the veteran community can actually be kind of a, a toxic place. To, to exist in. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate because you would think that as you had a, a, you know, commonality, shared experiences that you would be, you know, putting a hand down, picking somebody up, reaching out, helping out. Like, even if there's uh, competitive entities out there, um, whatever, it doesn't matter. You should be, you know, like Aaron always says that a rising tide raises all ships. Right. Um, has that been your experience since you've been out or have you had more of a positive experience? Cause I, I do hit like, cause it's something that I ask people, whether it's on the podcast or not. Um, and I get, I get mixed reviews and it's kind of a bummer as somebody who is kind of heading towards the end of their, their career. So what has been your experience with that? Mine hasn't been too bad. I, you know what I mean? I, uh, you know, we got, I got a couple of local companies here in San Antonio that, you know, and I gear towards my brethren, you know what I mean? Regular army guys, I have nothing against you, you know, regular air force. I have nothing against you. I, you know, I love you. You guys put on the uniform, you guys sworn in, but you know, the guys that I associate with here locally that are SF guys is long tab brewing is here locally where Trent, I took him the first time. We got a company called triple nickel. Uh, he's a prior 18 alpha as well. And he runs a, you know, it's a diversity company and uh, you know, they sell t-shirts. So their, their, their message is totally different than say the BRCC message, right? Because it's a minority company and it's a minority ran company for a very specific reason. Cause they're targeting a very specific, you know, person. Right. Uh, and then, you know, I've interacted with the, you know, the Black Rifle Coffee Company guys. And that, from my experience, they they help the veteran community more exponentially than anybody mm-hmm. uh, across all boards. I don't care who you are. Right. But then then you get, you know what I mean? One thing that comes out and God forbid, you know what I mean? If you say something towards one political party to another, it's like, Jesus, <laughs> fucking Christ. all that just goes out the window. Let's not care about what they've done for everybody. They, one guy said something, maybe, you know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, you guys all suck. So yeah, there's, it's, 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 you know what I mean? It's got, it's good and it's bad. Um, and I take that for each of what it's worth. Right. Um, if I don't like, I know JT and, and I know that's a good motherfucking dude. You know, I know him personally, I've talked to him mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, if, if I have interaction with them and hell, I'm going to support you. Um, you know what I mean? If I talk to you, I'm gonna support you. You know what I mean? Uh, but my thing is like that rising all ships. Right. And so I do have, I've had that, you know what I mean? It's like, Hey, I'm going to try to help promote your stuff. Can you, you know what I mean? And if you see, you know what I mean? It's not even going to be a verbal agreement where if you see me doing things for you, I hope I get the reciprocation, which, which a lot of times I don't get that same reciprocation. You know what I mean? And that's, that kind of irks me. You know what I mean? Yeah. There doesn't need to be a, a contract or a, Hey, you and I shared some emails. Now we can go forward or anything like that, man. Like I'm going to help you out. Right. Not, not because like, Hey, let me, let me tell you something. I'm going to help you out. No, it's, it's a look, man. I see you're doing some good things out there. You you want a shout out. Okay, cool. We'll do a shout out or you, Hey, can you, Kevin, can you provide a, uh, a program for this guy or, or like it could be whatever. Hey, I'm going to buy uh, some black rifle coffee for friggin, um, you know, a friend of mine or trench coffee or alpha brew or what, whatever right. it can. Right, right. It just helps everybody out. And there's no reason. And man, I sound like such a hippie right now. I really do. And I get it. But like, I, I just, it kind of bums me out when I see people just 
tearing each other down just for the sake of tearing each other down. And that, that, that happens a lot in the veteran community. We, we've been recipients of it just from our own community. Oh, um, I, 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 I know you guys have. Cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fly on the wall, right. Uh, back, you know what I mean? When I was working and, and I can hear that. And I was like, why, why are you guys, why you guys got your panties in a bunch? Yeah. Because you guys, are, you guys are helping the future generation. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I want everybody to make, you know what I mean? But we know everybody can make, but I want to provide the best service I can fitness wise to get these guys ready. You know what I mean? And yep. my goal is to get these guys ready. Your goal is to guys give as much information as you can to help get those guys ready for SW. You know what I mean? Right. Mine is to get them ready. You know what I mean? And so our, our mission set aligns a lot. Uh, and and if anybody else comes in and tries to you know bash, I don't I don't I give two shits. And then oh by the way, I'll choke ninety nine point nine percent motherfuckers <laughs> out any goddamn way. You know what I mean? So it doesn't really matter in my opinion. You know if what they say they can they can say yeah. all they want to, but at the end of the day, this computer keyboard thing, I I can prove it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it, it you know, and like I said, it, it, I took it down kind of a, a woe is me path, but at the same time, like I just uh, it's one of those things where. Man, if you ain't got anything good to say, like just just shut up. I mean, I don't know. And and to the new generation that's coming up, um, like that's hearing me say that, like that tide is changing. Like there are more and more people out there saying the exact same thing that we are about. Hey, uh, time to start picking people up. Time to start like building people up instead of tearing them down. And you know, Aaron just hung out with. graduates i think that they're going to be pj graduates is that right trent i know he was just yeah. hanging out with some graduates and he said that this new generation of dudes coming in is phenomenal so for all of you old dudes out there that are worried about like this new generation they, i mean could, they're, they're solid we, we we were we were that same gender you know, know. we came to you know yep. what i mean hey it's gonna be okay at the end of the day you know what i mean yes standards might change but it ain't gonna change uh, what our mission is when we go down range you know what i mean that's what, ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're so much smarter than we are, to, or were, and are. They really are. They're so mm-hmm. much smarter. So much smarter. Well, I think that's one of the good things about the positive side of the community is, is you get people that have the experience, you know, like, uh, and then you can start vetting the, the best resources for everybody. You know, I'm not telling people to come to me for a, a fitness plan, right? Like, I work with Kev. I've seen firsthand the what he brings to the table and the success that's come from that, from the students. You know, I've seen, you know, all these other companies and all the good stuff that they're doing. And so all we do is that we, we try to let them know all the options that are available out there that are vetted options that are positive and, uh, and make that next generation better. And I think that's what everybody's trying to do right now in our, our little community of people that we, uh, we, we push. And I, 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 know, I know that's what Kevin's doing. You know, you, you push a few other companies as well and work with everybody. So really, the, that, that's the name of the game is making that next generation better than we were. And not just sitting around and being like, oh, these young kids and their stupid, right. you know, screens and all this other stuff. Like, yeah, they're different. But yeah, like, so were we, who, who cares? Yeah. But I, I got teenagers upstairs. Yeah, they're, diff- they're different, you know what I mean, than I am. But that, hey, it's at different times, you know what I mean? If you can't adapt, then just let, let the train keep on going. Don't try to bring that train. Don't try to knock it off this track. Just let, <laughs> let it keep on going. <laughs> And I did want to, we, we did talk a little bit about uh, a, what it was like a battle, but like your experience training the uh, the Air Force guys, you know, like we have some some shared experience there. The difference is you have obviously um, programs for people who want to become SEALs or Air Force Special Warfare or uh, or the uh, Green Beret or Rangers. Um, what what are the major differences or, or what do you see and in, in, uh, mindset wise, is there any difference? So mindset wise, uh there's really no difference in my opinion. You know what I mean? Um, well, there is a little bit because that water, whew, until you guys, <laughs> if you never trained water before, the water will is the great equalizer. I'm sure it's been said many times. Uh, and oh, if you didn't know, I, I did do, I did pre dive and I lasted probably like seven days. And I was like, I'm done with this. Uh, yes, I got that I, above Kevin. Yes. yes, you got you guys got that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, and and water is the greatest equalizer. That and that's a whole different mindset. And you really have to know how to calm your whole system down. You know what I mean? You really you got to 
bring that sympathetic state down to a parasympathetic state uh, when you're in the water. And But the mindset is the same, right? You want to become a better version of yourself and show that you can. Um, so for for any special operations, because you come into, you know what I mean? You go regular, you can go anything and it's just regular. And then you want to become special. Well, it, it takes a different mindset. And that mindset you have to push yourself physically to be able to do those things. And if you're not physically ready to do that, it's going to break you in half. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Trent, about that. Yeah. yeah I had a little delay there. <laughs> but like your training, the way that you, you do your training, um, we, we see a lot of things and it's one of my, you know, little pet peeves where people are like hundred percent all the time. And I'm like, there's oh. a time and a place. Yeah, yeah. Just so, to get yeah, a little my, my, bit, yeah. a little bit yeah, of fitness yeah. advice out at the end of the podcast, right, like, right, right, right. yeah. So uh, every day isn't, you know what I mean. Uh, again, I love CrossFit. I started that in '05, but every day doesn't have to be a wad. Every day can't be a wad. Uh, you can't go 100 every day because if you do, you're going to break yourself off. You're going to get injured exponentially. Uh, so you have, it has to be an even kill across the board. And that's with, you know what I mean? With, with your strength training, with your cardiovascular system, with your heart rate variability, with your sleep and sleep is probably just as important as the work you do, your mobility, how you recover, how you eat, everything that you do has to be detailed out to become a better version or be ready for the rigors. Because all those variables that I just put out, out there, the cadre have control of that when you're at selection. They have control of your sleep. They have control of your food. They have control of <laughs> the water that water they let you have, you know, to drink, but uh, they have a lot more control of it. And all they're doing is just testing to see if they take those variables away, how you're going to adapt and overcome. No, you're hundred percent. They control everything. And, and I'm glad you, you throw in sleep in there because that is, that is something that, so many people, especially younger people, could just kind of yeah. toss out the window because you're like, now screw that. I'm going to go out partying or I'm going to stay up an extra two hours and finish this movie. Right. right. Hey, that movie's not going anywhere. Yeah, like, not get, going some, anywhere. get some sleep because um, it's so important. It'll it sleep will. Man, that's, it'll change. That's one, one variable that they, 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 they control at, uh, at selection. At our right. selection anyway. Yeah, you, they control you, it anyway, but you at did, the same time. No, no, no. When I went through, they, they, they we were only given that many hours a, a night. And then during that time, you had fire guard and you had to be up for like 15 minutes. Uh, and so, because you had to check the, the board, because they don't tell you what's going on and what time it's happening. It's on the board and they just write it on there. And you better, everybody better be out there ready to rock and roll to execute whatever's on that board. <laughs> so when you control that one variable, that sleep, man, and then you're only getting four hours of sleep a night, you're not recovering. You can't recover in that amount of time. Well, you're not recovering and you're not mentally there either. You mm-hmm. just kind of, you do get used to it, but you're still not operating at peak. You are still right. in a deficit and you're, they said, you're functioning, you're able to think somewhat, but you're nowhere near what you, you normally would be if you were getting your full, full amount of sleep and recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Kevin, well, we're going to wrap this up. I know that we lost, uh, we lost Aaron about Aaron. Uh, 15 minutes in. He's in the Aaron. trenches still. He needs an echo. Aaron needs an <laughs> yeah, echo. Exactly. Yeah. He needs an yeah, echo. He needs an echo. Yeah, that's all right. He's a J. He just fixed people. He doesn't know how to do the comms. <laughs> I can't wait till he sees the end of this. You yeah. suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be so but, pissed because he's probably the most nerdiest one of all these systems and all of us. <laughs> Well, um, in the interest of what I was talking about earlier in terms of building people up, um, go ahead and go ahead and uh, put out your social and your, um, you know, whatever website that you want people to come visit you at. Yeah. So my website is www. The number one, the number eight, capital A fitness dot com. Uh, my social media is the same at one eight a capital A underscore fitness uh, on Instagram and on Facebook. Awesome. That is at 18 alpha fitness. And, uh, man, you're, you're putting out some good stuff. And like I, like I was saying, there's, or like you said, actually, there's, there's a lot of different folks out there that are providing different things. Um, Kevin, you're top of the game. 
you know, we also have Brian on here as well. That's, that's doing great things with BAPJ.com as well. So like go out there, find who connects with you. And we really appreciate you coming on. You guys got to go check out Kevin. Um, in fact, I love the videos where you're actually bringing in your sons. Like that's, oh. <laughs> that's super cool. Um, my middle, uh, on a tent, my middle one just stood next to me. The, the white was like, did you just fucking grow? And he stood up like, holy fuck. <laughs> Jesus, he's even bigger. He's like probably 6'2 now. <laughs> well, um, yeah, my daughter is uh, about my height now, which is not saying much, but right. I mean, she's 14 and she's, or 15 now. She's 15 now and uh, my height. So yeah, she's going to bypass me, which again, so maybe she'll cross the five foot barrier. Maybe. I don't Ooh, know. Maybe. <laughs> But now we really appreciate you hanging out with us and uh, everybody go check them out. And for all of you out there, make sure you like, subscribe and hit the notification button on YouTube and uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. We appreciate you tuning in. If you got any more questions, definitely shoot us a DM on uh, at One's Ready. And then you can visit our shop at onesready.com. And we appreciate it. You guys have a good one. Train hard. Later.